Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hello everybody, Jay here with another Offscript with Super E. I'm sitting here with my partner as always. To my left is A-Train. A-Train, say something. Hey, everybody, it's A-Train. It's great to be here. And the star of the show is always Super E. Super E, say something. How's everybody doing? I hope we give you a good show today. I'm going to bet we do, because today's show is going to involve our listeners again. So apparently there was a lot of popularity with your story about the uh, shotgun being pointed at you during the domestic that you solved and did some great community policing on. Remember that one? It was old school community policing. Absolutely. It was old old school. And uh, old school but effective, right? I mean, it it was great. So we actually had another question at uh on our twitter um off script with super e at off script pod underscore one if you want to find our twitter feed anyway we had a direct message about that episode and asking if we had any more that was like the shotgun episode so super e tell us a tale all right well one of my uh incidents where somebody pointed a gun in my face it was just uh not too long after I had been in a gun battle where me and this drug dealer filled each other with full of holes, and thankfully both of us survived. Mm-hmm. So I, you know what? I was a little on the edge about guns being pointed in my face, and so I'm back to doing the uh, undercover buys, and uh, we had an informant. He was called the Ice Man. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, yeah, he had like white name. hair. Yeah, yeah he's real skinny looking uh, dude with white hair. He called him the Ice Man or something like that. And so he introduced me to a fellow hillbilly that owned a house in the uh, the poor area, and this guy's name was Mikey, and he was letting drug dealers sell dope out of his house. So, you know, I'm introduced to this guy named Mikey, and he sells some drugs. Well, now on the second buy, I go in by myself, and. I'm a, I'm supposed to meet a drug dealer named Red. Well, Mikey comes outside and meets me, and I told him, I said, like, I got about 150 bucks. And he goes, hey, Red's right in the house. Drug dealers always like to nickname themselves after colors. You had red, blue, and all that. And so my guy was Red. Okay. So he goes, he's right in the house. <laughs> I didn't know. And I'm like, I didn't I'm like, I'm like I- right on. So How about I Burgundy? Walk- Did you ever meet a drug dealer named <laughs> no, Burgundy? There's nobody named Burgundy. <laughs> he was a rough oh, dude. There it is. Yeah. Plaid. <laughs> no, they, no, they didn't have any uh, Scottish guys selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I walked through the front door, and of course, I, he probably didn't pay his uh, a light bill because there's no lights on in the house, and it was real dark, and I couldn't see anything. And then once my eyes adjusted, I see a dude sitting on the couch cutting up crack cocaine on a coffee table. Mm-hmm. And there's a 38 on the coffee table. Of course, I don't have a gun on me because all I'm wearing is shorts, work boots, and a, and a wife beater. And I've got my transmitting the device super again. Uniform of the day. Yes, and I've got a transmitting <laughs> device on me in a very uh, sensitive area 
that if something starts getting hot, it makes you very uncomfortable. Right. And it was it was in the front, not the back. But <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> I thought I'd better explain that. <laughs> so he tells me to go in. I'm, I go in. My eyes adjust to the dark, and I see the guy cutting up the cut the crack cocaine with a thirty eight. And I just knelt down to him and I said, "Hey, man, what's up? I just need this amount." Well, I did not know this. Mikey had several drug dealers in the house, and this wasn't red. This might have been green or yellow. It's kind of like Reservoir Dogs. It was Mr. Pink. And so this was a guy who wasn't expecting me at all. Mm -hmm. And when, like I said, drug dealers, they were kind of nervous when Charles Manson comes walking through the door. Right. And so I come walking through the door and kneel down by this guy, by him and his 38. And I freaked him out because he had no idea who I was. And so he immediately takes that 38. And he sticks it in my face. But remember, he's more scared of me than I am of him. You sure? Because, yeah, <laughs> I kind of was because he, his hand was shaking real bad. Okay. It was like Don. It was like Don Knotts and you know the ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> oh dear! That's why he, he he was shaking with that gun. Uh huh. And I was like, oh shit! Can these dudes stop shooting me? And so he's pointing, and he goes, "Man, are you cool?" I said, "I think I am." My mom thinks I am, and. Uh, so I'm looking at this gun pointed right at me, and it was just because my other shooting happened so soon before that. This is true. It's bizarre. I imagined a bullet coming out of the barrel at 38 coming right at me mm -hmm. into the same shoulder that I got shot, and my shoulder kind of flinched. Mm -hmm. And now this dude's looking at me even, even more petrified, right. and his hand's shaking. Him. I said, man, he's going to accidentally pull that trigger. And I said to this dude, man, the way you're holding that gun and shaking, I'm going to wait for my dope on the front porch. So I walk outside, and he doesn't, he doesn't come out. Now, I got my transmitting device in that particular area, so I have to bend over, and I'm talking into my transmitting device. Yeah. And I'm saying, hey, guys, I've got some dude in here, you know, shakier than a goat shit in cans with a gun in his hand pointed right at me. You might want to come in. <laughs> But these transmitting devices from the 90s, I might as well have had a can with a string on it all the way back to my backup. Right. And so I'm just like, you guys need to come on in. I'm standing there, nothing. Okay, guys, come on. He's got the gun. Come on in. Come on in. Nothing. I'm like, son of a bitch. All of a sudden, that front door opens, and this dude looks at me like he's just, you know, he just saw the devil. Um, cause that's what I think I appeared to him uh -huh. and he take, he took off running to his 84 olds 98. And, uh, I said, well, he's running out the door, jumping in his car and he's driving away. You need to stop him. And away he went. So then Mikey comes out and goes, Hey Ray, what you doing standing outside? I said, well, Mikey, it possibly could be the guy pointing the gun in my face shaking and getting ready to shoot me i think that's why i'm standing out here he goes oh man i'm sorry he might have thought you were working for the popo -po. that's why he might have was wanting to shoot you i was like thanks well <laughs> go get my dope for me so he goes in gets the dope for him red and brings it out well here's the crazy shit about this we had several narcotics units we were the main narcotic unit then you had it broken down district level 
So I decided to go back again and make another buy off Mikey because we're just going to do a search warrant, lock him up for the dealing. Whoever's in the house had dope on them. They're going to jail. As I'm going up to the, as I'm going towards the house, my car, they, they notify me, Hey, don't go up there. Mikey just got shot dead in the chest. I said, 10, nine, which means say what? And I, I was like, what, what happened was the district level unit had done a buy out of there. And the day after I made the buy, they did a search warrant on the house, kicked in the door and drug a bunch of guys off the jail. Uh-huh. Or uh, whatever. Well, they thought Mikey was a snitch. He was not. The next day, I was supposed to go up in there. They shoot him dead in the chest. Okay. And he lived. They He lived. And they say, hey, who shot in the chest? He wouldn't even tell them. Okay, wait a minute. So, so I, that, shot, I was like. You mean bullseye? In the, not dead, literally. Because he's, yeah, he's bullseye alive, right? right in the chest, and he lived. 5X. 5X team. Yeah, and so I was thinking. They didn't even think twice about shooting old Mikey. I can't believe I got out of there without that dude shooting me if he thought I was an informant working for the police. Right. So, but, you know, this happened on drug deals all the time. And you just had to keep your head. Like on a, uh, a second time, a couple of years, well, years later, I was uh, making a crack and heroin buy, and the informant was going to introduce me to this guy in the hood. And so... We're parked in front of his house. He runs in, or the, the informant runs into the house, lets the drug dealer know, hey, we, uh, we're outside and, and my man's got money. He goes, okay. And then she says, hey, also there's a pit bull running out, around out here. When you come out to the car, you better be careful. There's a pit bull running around. So this guy decides, well, I'm going to let a pit bull bite me. He grabs a, I don't know, I'm, I'm not good with guns. It looked like an AK with a giant silencer on it. So he comes mm. walking out of the house real confident, carrying this thing like it's normal for everybody to waltz around the neighborhood with an AK with what appeared to be a giant silencer suppressor on it. Uh -huh. And so I immediately knew, okay, this guy is not going to threaten me with this gun. He's protecting himself from a dog. But my backup doesn't know that. So I don't want them to come flying in and, you know, taking him down when they didn't need to. So the dude comes sauntering up to the car, and I've got a video recording device in the car. And for the prosecutor and the jury, when this guy got arrested, I wanted to make sure they had unbelievable, 100% proof that this guy was carrying a gun as he was dealing drugs. Mm -hmm. So this guy walks up to my, the passenger side of my car. And he's standing there talking to the informant, and he reaches down, and I get this on video of him handing the informant dope, and then you got it on video of me handing him money. And then I was like, man, that is an awesome-looking gun. What kind is it? And he told me what kind it was, and I go, can I see it? Can you put it in the car? <laughs> so he just kneels down, puts the gun in the car, and so I'm sitting there scanning it to get it on video to make sure, boom, there it was. But in this situation, unlike the one before, I knew he wasn't going to shoot me. I just had to make sure the other guys didn't come in thinking he was going to shoot me. And then we have a deadly force situation. So that's what in this situation I was trying to avoid. Yeah. And that's a great point, again, to point out how we see things as the police and that we're not just out to just 
you know, run and gun and gun everybody no. down and hope that you, what you were basically doing was you were saving his life or the life or of somebody. other officers or somebody yeah. else. Exactly. Which, yes. but who's not to say if things went wrong, he wouldn't point that gun at Super E. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, know. We know we that yeah, right. But yeah, it, it was, you, you know, people need to realize we become kind of like experts on body language and you know his body language his demeanor was not uh threat call it aggressive right confrontational right didn't question me about any who i was and so he was cool with me but i was able to get that on video and then right after that i was at his house the next day and he was cutting up the heroin and cocaine and he had an 18 month old son there and his son was crying he couldn't get him to stop and he Picked him up and goes, would you get my son to quit crying? And I'm like, man, I'm not a daycare, but I'll try. So I'm holding his kid, and his kid quits crying. Wow. And so me and this kid watching cut up the Coke and the heroin, and nice. I get it on video. So he goes to jail, and uh, it all worked out for the best. But, you know, those were uh, some of my uh, gun pointed in my face. A-Train, I think you got a gun pointed in your face, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've had a couple. Yeah. Let a couple. Tell us about one. Well, let's see. The this one, this is pretty unusual, but it, it's definitely one that stands out in my mind. So this was probably 1995. I was still in uniform, running on the east side of town, and uh, it was late at night. Um, we picked up the stolen car. So there's several of us chasing this stolen car around the neighborhood because he was running from us. So he gets to circling. This one block just keeps circling, circling, circling. And what does that mean? He's looking for a place to to bail out and run to, usually, you know. So anyway, so that's what he does. He uh, he goes through the alley, jumps out of his car, and he starts running to the back door of this house. So me and another officer chasing this guy. He's trying to get in the back door, so we tackle him. And as we tackle him, we fall inside the house. The door opens. So we're on the ground just inside this house we're wrestling with this guy he's fighting us and uh we're trying to get handcuffs on him and all of a sudden i look down the hall and there is this ghostly image of this elderly lady in her night robe pointing a pistol at us saying who is it who is oh. it oh no was it, it Granny Clampett? Well, kind of. That's yeah. yeah. She just standing there. She and you know somebody just busted in the back of her door. She didn't know what was going on. She's steady pointing that gun at us, saying, "Who is it?" And this Yahoo that we were chasing starts yelling, "Shoot him, Grandma! Shoot him! Shoot him, Grandma! Shoot him!" <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So it was his grandma, and he's telling her to shoot the police. So. She's still pointing that gun because she is not processing what's going on. Finally, we get the cuffs on this guy. We're yelling at her. We're the police. We're the police. Don't shoot us. Don't shoot us. And she was just not. You could tell she just wasn't tracking what was going on. So I kind of was, you know, trying to put the handcuffs on this guy, flinching because I'm waiting for grandma to shoot us. Um, (laughs) Thank God she didn't. So we got that guy, whatever, handcuffed. She finally put the gun down. We explained to her what was going on, and she immediately starts yelling at her grandson, "You stupid mf'er! <laughs> you dumb mf'er!" Yeah. So, so yeah, as hard as it is to handcuff somebody, because if somebody doesn't want to go to jail, be handcuffed. Yeah. 
it takes a lot of effort for two guys. You generally need about five Sometimes, to get somebody handcuffed. Right. Yeah. So if you got two guys trying to handcuff a dude and you got an old woman yeah. pointing a gun at you, yeah. it's hard to focus on what you're doing, isn't it? It was a little hard. Yeah, it was. We we were trying to focus and trying not to get shot by Grandma. And thank God, <laughs> thank God, Grandma didn't shoot us. Grandma would have felt because really bad. She would have felt bad because yeah. honestly, she didn't do anything wrong. Right. There was a bunch of dudes that you know f- fell through her door because her stupid grandson led the police there. So, yeah, thank God that turned out turned out okay. Grandma didn't shoot us. Thank God. I think you know what that that would be a story to tell. Yeah, I got shot by a grandmother. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. I don't know. That's just one that's, that pops in my I head. I like it. That's that's good stuff. I mean, I mean, you can get shot by anybody when you're a policeman. Anybody. Right. It doesn't, right. It's not a, it doesn't have to be a criminal. Exactly. Right, right. Well, and, and uh, what A-Train was saying about her not processing it, I mean, that happens too. We hear stories about, you know, somebody breaking in someone's house and uh, the unfortunate accidental shootings take place you know that's why uh got to preach gun safety you got to practice gun safety you got to train train and have a plan if you're going to have guns in the house you know i know that uh i always with with my kids i always told them i said you know we don't want something horrible to happen so we have to talk about when you're you know when they get old enough to start coming home late and those things so i'd recommend everybody have a plan yep 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 but grandma, she didn't really have a plan, although she didn't shoot us. Right. Thank God. So right. even though her grandson was telling telling her to, yeah. shoot him. Did she, did she find out how sweet A-Train and friendly A-Train was after the incident? Absolutely. Afterward, oh, after I you cleaned up because I had soiled my uniform <laughs> pants, we, uh, yeah. Yeah, we t- I talked with grandma, after and she he, was a sweet, sweet old lady. After he cleaned oh, up buddy. and then got the visual out of his head of all the cops yes. lining up to talk to Mrs. A-Train. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. And you'd be at the front of the line, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Well, fellas, anybody got anything? I've got nothing I, else. There's the, I, we need crickets, man. Doop, yeah. Doop, yeah. Doop, yeah. Doop. Cricket. Well, I want to thank the uh, question, you know, um, another listener as actually not the same one that asked the last question. So we're on a roll here with uh, two different people, two different questions about Keep sending, keep sending questions. Keep sending the questions. If you got any um, recommendations or something you might want to hear Super E talk about, let us know. That being said, A-Train, take us out of here. All right, I will. See you.